Hey, this is Brian. Hey, this is Amanda. And you are listening to the Pro Tips Podcast. Find your focus and level up your life using our random ramblings and pro tips to find that winning edge at life. Yay! Hello. Hello, bestie. What's up? Oh, you know, just having a semi-lazy Sunday. Same. Yeah, how was time only this morning? It was great. Yeah, which horse did you take? Um, I took a mare named Stylish, and and then I took Slick, and I didn't uh, run Slick. I just rode or ran Stylish, and then rode Slick around. Get him ready for his time only debut this spring. So, so tell us really fast about Slick and why he is kind of a big deal. So Slick is the, um, he's a coming four-year-old gelding. He's the oldest one, or the first one that I've raised, and the oldest one by my dad's stallion. And so um, it's pretty cool to be able to ride him. And conception to full, growing to starting, and now he's on the barrel pattern, and he's just freaking awesome. So Yeah, that's super exciting. So yeah. I'm pretty stoked for you for that little guy. He's been fun. It's been fun to watch your journey with him. <clears throat> yeah, so, he'll. I think he'll be a good one. Yeah, for sure. So um, just because we're all coming down off this incredible like 10-day high, I feel like anybody that's into rodeo knows what just happened the last 10 days. So for our non-rodeo fans and friends, explain to them just what happened between December 2nd and December 11th. So the last 10 days was the 10 rounds of the National Finals Rodeo. And the National Finals Rodeo is kind of like the World Series of Rodeo, like the Super Bowl of Rodeo. And the contestants travel all year long in the Professional Rodeo Cowboys Association and they compete for a top 15 spot in the world standings. And then the top 15 go to the National Finals Rodeo that's held in Las Vegas, Nevada. And it's a huge accomplishment that not many are able to accomplish just to make it there. Um, and so it's always, it's a huge deal. They have conventions, they have the rodeo. I mean, if you are a lover of the sport of rodeo, that 10 days right there is just like, heaven on earth because Vegas turns into a cowboy town and you know all of your idols and rivals are there competing for huge amounts of money and they're all on their a game and so it's quite it's quite the thing to watch even if you're just watching from home it really is dude it it was oh my gosh so we're gonna backstory just a little bit here so um, most everybody knows that I am a PRCA photographer and to me that's like a pretty big deal um to be able to call yourself one of those is is kind of um pretty special just because it I feel like it shows that you as a photographer have put in the work um to literally become one of the best in your field just because when you think of PRCA cowboys and cowgirls they spend years and years and years practicing and perfecting their craft to get to the level that they're at to be able to make it to the NFR. And so to be a PRC photographer, I feel like is another special gift that, that we have to, 
you know, because we've spent years and years perfecting our craft. And I had the opportunity to go out to Vegas on December, or sorry, it was November 27th was when I drove out there. And I was there from November 27th to December 4th um, for the PRCA convention. And what's really cool about the PRCA convention is it brings all the rodeo committees from all over the, all over the country to Las Vegas to network, to catch up. Um, A lot of the committees are looking for acts and contract personnel to finish their rodeo like to finalize some of their plans for their rodeo and their event and everything and what's really neat about this deal is this is my third year that I've done the PRCA convention and I feel like it it was my my most successful convention um mostly just because I walked in there with so much confidence and I I felt more confident talking to committees than I have probably in the last three years since I started doing the convention um, mostly because I, I do feel like I've grown a lot as a PRCA photographer this year. Um, so I booked, I booked one, one new rodeo in June and then made a lot of connections with a lot of committees, gave out a lot of business cards, um, met the, the general manager of the Denver Stock Show and rodeo which is happening next month and that's kind of a big deal because that's really one of the first big huge rodeos that starts off the season um so just kind of taking taking it one day at a time to try to just you know build my network of people that I know so that I can really jump in and get going on my um on my journey of where I want to be so um I did get to do a couple of really cool things before I left. Siri Stevens at Rodeo News Magazine is one of my really good friends. She's the owner and editor of the magazine. And she was actually able to get me a media pass. And I had the opportunity to work in the media room on the first round. And then um, I actually got into what they call the moat, the media moat, where all the media photographers get to stand for the performance on round two. And I was actually there um, in person the night that JB Mooney got knocked out, which was nuts. So yeah, that was crazy, dude. It was, it was, yeah. So, I mean, it was a great opportunity, a great experience, and I was super grateful for it. And it, it really did kind of push me to work a little bit harder, or I should say a lot harder at, uh, fulfilling some of my goals for this next year. So, um, so like you said, the NFR is 10 rounds and they take, how, how does the money, the money and everything, I know I understand it a little bit, but they come in and all the money that they earn throughout the season places them one through 15 in their perspective events. So then they get to the NFR and the money that they make at the NFR also counts toward their year end standings, correct? Yeah, so the money that they make all year, like you said, places them in the top 15. And then um, each round, they pay out places one through six in each event. First place pays a little bit over six or $26,000 to win it. And then all the way down to, I think, sixth place pays about 4000 And yeah. so say that... Um, a bull rider or someone came into the national finals with 150,000 in earnings and they won the first round, then that 26,000 would be added on to that 150 that they came in with. 
And then at the end of those 10 rounds, the world champion is determined on how much money you've won throughout the year. And it includes the money that you've won at the NFR. And another big factor in it too is what's called the average. And the average is where the contestants um, compete all week. They average out their scores or their times from all 10 rounds. Um, and then the average winner is basically who did the very best at the actual finals. So yes. a guy coming in in 15th place could win the average. It's just whoever does the best at the finals. But the big game changer there is to win the average, it pays $69,000. And that also goes toward their year-end standings and toward their world championship or their ranking, yes. right? So yeah. like a lot of the events, um, a lot of it, depending on how spread out the money is coming in, um, the average winners often win the world because that's such a big check. So if they've had a decent finals and came in with a decent amount of money and then they win the average, it's pretty dang hard to beat them because that $69,000 is, you know, a huge, huge amount to add on to their total. For sure. So one of the, um, I think one of the coolest, um, I don't know. There's there's so many awesome freaking uh, moments that happened at this year's NFR. Have you ever seen so many ties in each event? Like I swear, there was at least there was a tie, probably in at least every event every night. Did you notice yeah. that? Like in placings one through six. Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, uh, when was it round round nine? I think they had a four way tie for the win in the steer, in the steer wrestling. wrestling. Yep. And that was pretty, that was pretty crazy. 4.0, meaning those guys came out and threw their steers down in 4.0 seconds. Yeah. Like that's crazy fast. Well, and one of the things that I noticed at this year's end, something to do with that is the competition was just so tough. Yeah. I mean, in every single event, it, every single night, it was just crazy at how tough it was. And so salty. I think part of it was, um, I mean, with the last two years kind of being wonky with COVID, a lot of these Cowboys had a lot of time to stay home and practice. Yes. And they have just gotten so good. Last year, they had the national finals in Arlington, Texas. Due to all the rules that were in Vegas, they couldn't hold it there. And I think everyone was just so excited to be back in Vegas that, you know, they just said the time is now. And this year was just absolutely tough every single event. Dude, they stepped up everything. Oh, my gosh. Like, I remember, uh, I think it was last year, somebody posted on Facebook that, you know, all the shutdown and everything is a good thing because it gives everybody a time, everybody time to go home and rest and get healthy and practice and gives horses time off to, to heal up and get healthy, you know. And so everybody has just been putting all these positive vibes and energies into their goals and I really I believe like I'm right there with you that you know everybody's like more hungry now than ever and yeah the just the level of competition in the bareback riding saddle bronc steer wrestling I mean oh my gosh like it like almost gives me chills to like even even just talk about it (laughs) yeah for reals it was just crazy and it's it's so exciting to watch because you can 
you can see how bad all of the competitors really want that win yeah and how hard they've been working for it and then in their interviews after they have won it's just so emotional like last night after the rodeo I was watching it when they were crowning the world champions and walking up the stage with the lights and the smoke and everyone screaming for them walking up to their world championship saddle and I was like it just made me so happy for all of those people because I know how much time and effort and work and blood, sweat and tears have to go into being that good. Yes. Like I'm not even on that level yet and it's all I think about and all I do. Yeah. And so I cannot imagine how hard they have all had to work to get to that point. And so just watching them, watching it pay off is just an awesome feeling, even if it's just through the TV. Yeah, so let's talk about some perseverance really quick, quick, because I know we've talked about perseverance on the podcast before, but you're mentioning how hard everybody's had to work, you know, and as a rodeo athlete, what do you think it takes for them to just keep getting up every day and keep working every day toward this goal? Because, you know, J.B. Mooney got knocked out, like, big time knocked out in the second round. And I mean, I was right there. Like it happened literally right in front of the moat. And it was one of the scariest wrecks I've ever seen. And he like, he laid on the, on the floor for probably a good 10 or 15 seconds. And then he like obviously started coming too, but this dude won't even, he wouldn't even take a backboard. Like they were trying to get the backboard to like carry him out. And he's like, no, no, no. He like, he got up and he had, I mean, obviously he had help, but he walked out of the arena on his own two feet. He got, you know, probably about a half a dozen stitches in his forehead. And um, and then later in the rodeo, he pulled a groin muscle, but the dude was still getting on and still trying every single night to come out and ride his bulls. What do you think drives them to keep doing that, you know, to keep pushing their body to the max? Uh, really, it's plain and simple. It's just the cowboy mentality. Like, we don't give up. We don't quit. You just if you have something in your heart or in your mind, you just do whatever it takes to get there. Dude, you're and so right. So I, I noticed this year, especially there was a lot of injuries. It seemed like whether they were coming into the NFR or they happened there. Right. And um, I'm going to knock on like the NFL for a minute. You watch some of that. And one of the players stubs their toe and breaks their toe. And they're like, Oh my gosh, out for the season. Yeah. Right? They're done. <laughs> And then there's freaking J.B. Mooney wins the first round, gets hit in the head four times by a bull's horns in in the the second second round, round, knocked out cold, and they stitch his face up, and he rides the rest of the week, you know? I mean, he didn't cover any bulls, but the fact that he got on every single bull, you know, for the whole rest of the week. And that's the thing. He he may not have been very successful, but he didn't quit, and that's just... That's just how it is in this way of life, you know? And there is no quit. Like, there really is no quit. It's so, yeah. it's so freaking cool. And sometimes it's, sometimes if you're looking at it in a, a health perspective, probably should quit for a minute and let your body heal. <laughs> yeah. But, like, it's just not how we're wired, you no. know? And I think, I think that that's what sets this way of life apart from the rest and makes it so special is because everyone out there outside of the world of rodeo wants this instant gratification. And I mean, we all do, right? Right. But they, if they don't get it in the first 10 minutes, they're going to quit and find something else. And that's just not the way that rodeo is. And 
it just kind of goes to show you how tough all of the rodeo athletes are and what they have to go through to get where they are. Yes. Agreed. So, um, really quick, we just got to tell everybody, especially our non-rodeo people who JB Mooney is. JB Mooney has been a bull rider and a rodeo cowboy pretty much his whole life. He's been in the PBR, the professional bull riders association for the last 16 years and has only recently come back to the PRCA. So he was a PR, he did PRCA for a little while at the beginning of his career. And then he moved over to the PBR and how many world championships does he have? Like three or four from, from the PBR. So he's, I mean, he's a multiple world champion in the PBR, but he has never, he's never had a PRCA world championship nor has he ever had a prca nfr so this was literally he was a he was a 35 year old rookie coming into the nfr like a rookie nfr first time coming into the nfr ties round one with kai hamilton the australian and what was really cool about round one was i was working in the media room and I had a brilliant idea to take just little snapshots on my phone of all the winners as they came through and send them off to Siri's daughter, Lacey. And she would like throw them up, 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 up on the Instagram and, you know, stuff like that. And that was really fun. Cause it gave me a chance to talk to each of the winners. And, um, I remember watching JB Mooney's interview and they asked like what, like how he was feeling coming into the NFR, on that first night. And he was like, you know, I've been a bull rider for 16 years and this was the first time I've ever been nervous coming into a finals. So he, you know, obviously he had some emotions coming in, you know, and, uh, but just the perseverance and the, the sheer grit that comes with his mentality and his attitude is just, it's, it's so inspirational. So, um, I know you wanted to keep this one kind of short, but there's so many good moments that we just have to touch on. So tell me really fast what, um, what were three, give me three or four of your favorite moments from the NFR this year? Um, I'll, I will just give you a broad one. I think that the barrel racing this year was absolutely insane. Like, yeah, they, um, for the first time in over 20 years, they put new dirt in the Thomas and Max Center where they hold the NFR. And if you're not in this world, you do not realize how much of a difference that the dirt the horses run on make a mm-hmm. difference in the times and how that ground is going to hold the horses because those horses come flying down the alley at, you know, 30 to 45 miles an hour. And then they sit on their back end and turn a barrel. And so if that ground is too deep or too sticky or too slippery, the horses are going to go down. And that's when injuries happen. And so it's been the Thomas and Mack Center has been notorious for having poor quality ground. Yes. And this year they decided to uh, get new dirt, put new ground footing in there. And they also, which was a big improvement um kudos to the wpra for making this happen was they got a hand rake in between every runner so a guy would go out there with a little rake in his hands and smooth out the dirt um and that's a big step in the right direction it would be awesome to see an actual tractor drag maybe halfway through yeah at seven or something like that i mean i get why it's a televised event and it has to be quick you know it's a show and so i totally understand that but Hand raking was a big improvement this year, and it just made it so even. I mean, in years past, it was maybe the first five or six girls out on the ground were the winners because when number 15 came around, the ground was too deep or slippery, and the horses just couldn't get a hold of it to run. And this year, 
there was winners on the top of the dirt, the bottom of the dirt, and everywhere in between. And the horses were so insanely tough. We saw times like we've never seen before. Yeah. And it just goes to show you the quality of horses that are out there right now and how much the whole breeding world is doing to improve the sport, but also what good dirt will do for you. Because, I mean, five, ten years ago, if you ran a 13 in that arena, it was blazing fast. Yeah. And this year, if you were slower than a 13-6, you weren't getting a check. Exactly. That's huge. And so, I mean, I, I love the team roping. I love the cap roping. I love every rodeo event. But this year, the barrels were just so fun to watch because it was so dang tough. I mean, it was – it the winner wasn't decided until the last horse ran in the 10th oh, round. That's totally true. And yep. so it was – it was a very intense year for every event, but especially the barrel racing. So that was kind of a, that was my one broad highlight. Yeah, for so sure. Like years. Um, oh my gosh, so freaking many. I really feel like my favorite had to have been Stetson Wright in round seven. Um, so Stetson Wright is from Milford, Utah. He around last year he won the bull riding championship last year he's only 22 years only 22 years old like this guy i swear he's he's got to be from another planet he's so freaking tough and he he was probably one of the only bull riders that came out of nfr fairly healthy i mean josh frost i think came out healthy um but stetson wright rides saddle bronc and bulls and in round seven he comes out and i think he either placed first I think he placed second. He placed second in Saddle Bronc. And then he goes to get on his bull. And he didn't give a clear nod for his bull. So they open the, basically they open the gate too, sh- too soon. And he comes off. He jumps up and he's like, I didn't nod. I didn't nod. And so the re-ride, okay? His re-ride is the same bull that took JB Mooney out in round two, okay? So, of course, nerves are freaking high. But the thing is, is Stetson had no time to even consider like which bull it was. He just had to get on for his re-ride. So this was after this was after Josh Frost had already rode his bull for 52 points. Like Josh Frost was the only one to ride so far up until this moment. And it was a 52. They offered him a re-ride and he said no. Okay. If you ask me, that was a businessman move and brilliant, you know. Um yeah. so then so then Stetson comes out on his first re-ride bull, the same bull that took J.B. Mooney out in round two and is putting on like putting on such a ride like he's gritting it out, gritting out. The bull freaking stumbles and falls to the front end of the bull, falls to his knees. This in turn obviously throws Stetson off or throws him off balance to where it was hard for him to recover. So what do they do? They start throwing the re-ride flags again and he's getting another re-ride after his first re-ride. So then you can see it on the TV. Josh Frost is like watching with like bated breath because if he's the only one that rides, he wins basically all the day money, which literally gives him a, almost a sure shot at winning the bull riding world championship. Right. So, I mean, like I'm going nuts, man. I'm going crazy. So I'm sitting there glued to the TV at home. Stetson gets on his second re-ride so this would be the third bull that he gets on this at night that night i don't even remember what the bull was but comes out and literally is hanging off the side of the bull 
like his hand is still clutched in the rope, hanging off the side of the bull, and the whistle blows, and the very last thing to come off the bull was his hand. So you know that it was everything he had to stay hooked on that bull, right? Comes out, and I think it was like a 90, a 90 and a half or something like that is what they scored him. So basically him and Josh Frost were the only two to ride that night, and that really, that for me, I feel like, number one, turned Stetson's whole NFR around, but it also just like, I was standing there in my living room like crying, and I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, like it was the craziest freaking thing, but that, I swear that had to have been like my all-time favorite moment from the whole freaking weekend, or for this whole like 10 rounds or whatever, yeah. Um, but it's just, dude like they interviewed him like i under i don't get why they have to grab these cowboys as soon as they get done they don't even really give them a chance to breathe you know and janie the gal that interviews him right there behind the shoots like she literally grabs him the second he walks out of the arena and dude can hardly even breathe and He's like, I didn't have much left in the tank, but it took everything I had to to ride on this bull, you know, to ride this bull. And I'm sitting there crying. Like, you know, he's like, he's super just like, yeah. Oh my gosh. I can't even describe the like feelings of friggin' how proud I am of this kid. And, you know, long story short, he ended up, his goal was to win the all around for a third time which he did that they they figured that out um even before round 10 started he was so far ahead in in earnings in the all around that he basically just walked away with it his his other goal was to win a saddle bronc riding world championship and the bull riding world championship that he wanted the trifecta basically and he was so close him and sage kimsley were battling it out um i think one of the other really fun um battles to watch was Stetson Wright and his older brother Rusty or I mean Ryder sorry I always get those two mixed up but his older brother Ryder they were literally back and forth all week for the number one and number two spot and at the end of the at, at the end of the the night last night it was Stetson that got it which was really cool because he was the only one out of all of his brothers like Rusty and Ryder and, and his dad and a handful of his uncles like he was the only one that had yet to earn a, a saddle bronc riding world championship. So he got the saddle bronc riding world championship and the all around last night, which was huge. Um, I And I really feel like he's going to come back in 2022 uh, more hungry than ever for that trifecta to have the, the all around and then both the bull riding and the saddle bronc riding world championship. So what do you think? Yeah, I love it. You love That's it. It's a good highlight. Dude, it's it's a way good highlight. Like, whew. yeah. I told my sister last night after it was over, I was like, well, now what am I going to do at night? Am I going to have to just yeah, go to bed? Yeah, I said the exact same thing. <laughs> I might get some sleep. Oh, my gosh. It's just it's so funny. Um, I have to do – I do have to mention really fast, though, Dirk Tavender. He is – he's kind of a local boy in the wilderness circuit. He's from Rigby, Idaho, and – he actually had his first NFR this year as well. He ended up uh, winning four rounds, including last night. He won the he won the round ten. I mean, I think I kind of feel like it's kind of a BS how the round winners in round ten don't really get their time to shine because they're really because everybody's too busy highlighting the world champs and everything, you know. 
But yeah. what was really cool was that Dirk Tavender came out. It was his very first NFR, and he won four four of the rounds, including splitting the first round uh, with Riley Pruitt. So um, that was I thought that was pretty cool to watch too. You know, just seeing some of these rookies come in and really shine. I mean, our good friend Amanda Welch, she she tied with round one, tied round one with. Um, Who'd she tie with? Cheyenne, Cheyenne Wimberly. Yeah, Cheyenne Wimberly, which that was interesting to me too, dude. Like how many, how many ties in the barrel racing were there? Like, I mean, there were so many and that almost never happens, especially where they use an electric eye to time them. Yeah. So I thought that was super interesting. You know, there was at least, there was at least two nights where the winners tied in the yep. barrel racing which was crazy, but what was really neat was I got to actually meet Amanda face to face that night. I, you know, she, she was probably like in a whirlwind, but I was able to give her a hug and tell her I was so excited for her. And then we took a, took a picture. Um, we posted it on our Instagram. So if you guys haven't seen that, go over and check it out. Um, but her and Firefly, man, they, they came in number seven in the world and ended up, I can't remember what she said they ended up in the average, but she ended up seventh in the world. So, I mean, that that's a pretty big deal, you know? And she probably only knocked over barrels like twice, maybe, all week. Yeah, I think she, <laughs> excuse me, I think she hit in two rounds. Yeah, but, yep. I mean, she had a really, really great finals, too. So, um, so what, I think, I don't know if I've asked this already. We've already kind of discovered, or kind of talked about um how gritty all these rodeo cowboys are so when you watch when you watch the nfr what like what does that does that like jack you up and get you even more excited to like continue your your journey yeah i think it does i mean it's it's really fun to watch but it's also um depending on how you look at it you can learn a lot and so i like to watch it with kind of an attitude of like taking notes of of everything that I'm watching, how people will ride their horse, handle their ropes, how they handle certain situations. Yeah. And then that way you can better prepare for um, different, you know, different situations that come up in your own rodeo career. And then I think, I, I think everyone that rodeos has a dream to make it to that arena one day. Right. And so hopefully when you make it there, you can do the same thing for others. Right. So, Um, for me, when I watch it, you know, and especially the last couple of years where I've, I've had the opportunity to get down into the pit and, and the moat and actually shoot around, um, it definitely fuels my fire a little bit more, you know, the whole way home, I was asking myself questions like, okay, what's next? Like, what can I do next? Like, where can I go next? You know, what can I do better? Uh, you know, just all the different things to really, kind of set myself up for success and like get my mindset and my my frame of mind right so that I can keep moving in the right direction you know and do you really do you think there's a lot of people out there that might look at some of these rodeo cowboys or some of these people the the, like the contract personnel that work the NFR and choose to see the jealous like choose to be the jealous kind you know that are like that are like the negative Nancy's and the the couch coaches and all that stuff like or do you think it, yeah, it seems for like, sure, but yeah, I mean, obviously when you're going to get in that kind of spotlight, there's going to be people that are going to be critical. Um, yeah, but it definitely shows, it definitely 
is a, a way to learn how to choose which direction your mind's mind goes, you know, cause I could be, I could be super jealous that, you know, guys like Phil Keats and, and Rod Connor were on the floor of the NFR, or I can look at it like, okay, these guys are super talented. What can I do to level up my, my game so that I can get, become just as talented. You know, I'm not saying I'm not talented already cause I know I am, but there's always room for improvement and there's always ways to keep growing. So it's like, okay, what do I need to do next? You know? And instead of being jealous, what if you chose to let that fuel your fire and believe and, sh- and use that as an example that it can be done. Um, you just have to figure out a way that works for you to get you there. Right. Yeah. And jealousy is a motivator. I, I catch myself and I see a lot of people doing this. Like when you're sitting on the couch watching the NFR, you're going to be like, oh, well, I would have handled that situation differently. Yeah. But would you have have really, really? Yeah. Like you're not there. You didn't qualify for the NFR. So maybe you should keep your mouth shut. Yeah. Did you notice? Like, I feel like the, the commentary on Facebook, I feel like it was very positive this year. Like I really didn't see a lot of negative people bashing the, um, you know, the contestants and stuff. I really feel like maybe that's just my perspective. Cause I was, I was only looking for the positive stuff. Cause I know there's negative Nancy's out there, but I just feel like overall, everybody was very supportive of all the contestants, you know? Yeah. I feel like it was pretty positive this year and um, everyone in the, in years past have made rude comments on social media about the ground at the Thomas and Mac. And the thing that kind of sucks though is this year the ground was really good. Yeah. And I didn't see any posts of people saying, Wow, the ground is so good this year. Thank you to everyone that made it better. You right. Know, they just needs, shut up. Yeah, that needs to be a thing. And so like that just goes to show if there's something that people can whine about, they're going to. Right. And when it gets fixed, they're gonna find something else to whine about. Oh, for sure. Like cause so, the whiners all they like to do is just whine, right? Yep. <laughs> And God bless the whiners because they, they're a prime example of how we don't want to be. Exactly. <laughs> oh, crazy. Awesome. Okay. Well, um, is there anything else that you want to kind of go over as far as um, favorite things at the NFR? So really quick, just to close it out. Um, I have all the winners of each. The winner of the all around was Stetson Wright. He won $585,850. Holy freak. Uh, Barebacks was Utah's own Casey Field. He won $357,420. Okay, pause really fast. I have to touch on Casey Field because I saw an interview on the Wrangler channel where he was like applauding his mom and his his wife. But they, he also talked about um, being aware of what like what he's doing and where he's at and actually making a conscious choice to do something every day to to enrich other people's lives so for example last night after jess pope won casey field like made it a point to get like to grab jesse and give him a hug and tell him congratulations um, I know on military night before he like he wasn't even worried about getting on his bronc i mean his his event was first out. He was standing at the gate waiting for the veterans to come out of the arena so he could shake each of their hands and tell them thank you. So that tells you right there what an amazing man 
Casey Field is. So yeah. I had to just put that out there because it, you could just really tell that he sincerely wants to make a difference in other people's lives and be a prime example of what a professional rodeo cowboy looks like. So thank you, Casey Field. I don't know if you ever listen to our podcast. I hope you do. Uh, I want you to know we appreciate you. Okay, go For ahead. For sure. <laughs> Uh, steer wrestling was Tyler Wagisback. He won $289,791. Team roping header was Caleb Driggers, $263,227. Team roping healer was Junior Noguera with $277,612. Uh, saddle bronc riding was Stetson Wright again with $343,524. Tie down roping was Caleb Smith with three hundred eighteen thousand four hundred fifty six. Wow. Jordan Briggs in the ladies barrel racing with two hundred ninety seven thousand four hundred sixty. Okay, pause. And, pause again. Pause again. Yes. Really quick. We have to note and touch on the fact that not only did she set a new world record at the NFR for no down barrels, right? Because she had yeah, clean so runs every single night. She she didn't hit a barrel all year at any PRCA rodeo. Yep. And then she also didn't hit one single barrel um at the Thomas and Mac at the NFR. And so she won the average. She was the only lady out of all fifteen to have all clean runs, no five second penalties. And then she also set a new average record for the fastest times ever in ten rounds at the Thomas and Mac. Dude, so amazing. And her mom was Christy Peterson, right? Yep. Her mom is Christy Peterson, who had a horse named Bozo, and that is one duo that I I particularly remember from when I was a kid watching them on, you know, on TV for the NFR and things like that. So I mean, how freaking cool is that? That and and I think they said it's the first mother daughter duo to each have a world championship. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, so that's pretty exciting. Huge. Yep. Okay, go ahead with bull riding. Um, and in the bull riding was Sage Kimsey with $411,465. So how far off was Stetson from from Sage at the end? Does, do you have that? I only have the winners pulled okay. up here. You only have the winners. That's okay. But, so uh, one thing I noticed, though, when I watched Stetson's interview with the Wrangler Network is he... He mentioned he was satisfied. He's like, I'm very happy and satisfied with my performance. I'm, you know, I'm content. And I, I feel, I feel like I put everything I had into every single ride and every single round. And he's like, yeah, there was, I got on horses that I probably shouldn't have been bucked off of, but I was, I got on bulls that probably shouldn't have bucked me off, but did. And he's like, but you know what? He's like, it wasn't for, from lack of try. You know, yeah. and that right there really, it kind of made my heart happy just to hear him say that because I'm not going to lie, dude, I was pretty disappointed for Stetson last night, you know, when he got bucked off his last bowl, but you know, it's all in God's plan. And obviously, you know, Stetson's journey is continuing and will continue, uh, you know, cause he's, he's like, yeah, he's like, I'm happy, healthy, wealthy, and handsome or something like that. Like he was so freaking cute on his interview, but, um, what a great guy. I mean, it was just really cool to watch that. Yeah, I agree. So, dude, fantastic, fun little episode of our NFR wrap-up. If any of our non-rodeo friends have any questions or want to know more about the NFR or the PRCA, you can definitely go to the PRCA website. Um, 
see prorodeo.com and all of the information is there. All of the results are right there. Um, there's ways to contribute to the cowboy, to the Justin Cowboy Crisis Fund. Oh, dude, we forgot to mention. I have to. I have to mention this just because, like, it's a thing. Uh, Dusty Tuckness, the he's worked the NFR twelve years in a row. So he's he's a NFR bullfighter and a PRCA bullfighter. Literally one of the best in the business. They call him the goat. Um, cause this guy is like, he's super, he's amazing when it comes to cowboy protection. Um, in round number nine, he stepped in to save a cowboy and the bull stepped on his left leg compound fracture of both bones in his lower left leg. He had surgery yesterday morning and they say he'll be out probably about six months. Um, but I mean, what, what, like what uh, I can't even imagine, but you know, bullfighters, they know the risks when it comes to protecting these cowboys and they're willing basically to do whatever it takes. And Dusty yep. literally proved that on uh, Friday night. So God bless du- Dusty Tuckness. We're sending him all the good vibes for a quick recovery. And uh, yeah, dude, is there anything else? No, I think that's a good little recap. So we will be coming out with one more episode to kind of wrap up slash start the next year. Um, and then we will go into season two after this next episode. So, yeah. So, so this is episode uh, 22. We'll do one more episode 23, probably next week. And then uh, we'll take a little bit of a break, get through the holidays with our family and then come back after the first of the year with some, some awesome content. We got some really good ideas for you guys on special guests. If you guys have any ideas, or people you want to hear from, make sure you hit us up on our Instagram at pro underscore tips. Right? What was it? At pro, pro under- underscore tips underscore, tips underscore podcast. podcast. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> um, and make sure you share our podcast and share your favorite episodes with your friends and family. Uh, we're growing every day and we appreciate everybody's support. So um, thank you guys for listening. Thanks, Brian, for giving me a minute to record this today. Absolutely. Have a great day, y'all. Okay, bye. Yeah.